go. We are starting on page Tess of Samachay. We're going to skip the first paragraph because the first paragraph is just whenever you have a Hemshech, right? Basically, the first paragraph is a. Um, there's a couple of lines based on whatever the discussion is of that day, whether it's from the parasha or from the actual holiday, whatever day it is. And then afterwards, he spends about two to three lines reviewing what it is that was the main point of what we said in the last Mimer. Okay? So then he goes into the whatever he wants to talk about. Behine. See it? Everyone's clear? So he's going to repeat a little bit about what we talked about. If you remember when we learned some above in Tishra and Elul, uh, we talked about the idea of Malchus going up, 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 right, into the higher worlds. Okay, so it says like this, V'hine b'leil Rosh Hashanah, hu aliyas ha-Malchus, it's the going up of Malchus, ha-Malchus oilu l'mayla b'v'chines atzmiyas orein, so, right, like we said last month, right, that what happens is that the level of Malchus goes all the way up into the atzmiyas orein, so, v'mashakasuv tiku b'chayde shoifer b'kaseh, like it says, below the shofar, right, in the Indian of Bikesa. Shevachinus Malchus, Hubachinus Kisui. Why do we say Bikesa? Because this idea of Kisui. Kisui means what? Hmm? Kisui means to be concealed or hidden, right? So that's the idea. It's an idea of concealment. Behester. Vahainu, Shemisaseris, Vemisalemis. What happens is that it becomes hidden or concealed. Right and and uh, Salemis is also from the word helam to be hiding. And we discussed this last time, right? That the idea is that it goes all the way up into the upper worlds until it's completely concealed. That on the surface, not understood. So the question comes out: How is it possible that there's a kiyum of the world on the night of Rosh Hashanah? The whole chayis, which is referring to the neshama of something. The kiyum is referring to the body of something. Ha'olam, of the world, right? Because like we say, right? we know that, that malchus is the idea of speech. Right? And we know that that's where Hashem is creating the world from, from the level of malchus. Ubelel, it should say Rosh Hashanah, in the night of Rosh Hashanah, the Bechinas Malchus Mistalech Lamaila, that the level of Malchus goes up above. Eichu, next page, Kiyum Ha'ulam Az. So the question comes out if you're telling me the source from which the world is being created is disappearing, it's going up, it's becoming hidden, all the way back up. Remember, I gave you that example of, remember that cup? Right, the bathroom cup, like that, right? That has like, a, like turns into a puck when you go like that, right? So the lowest levels, right? When you push it up, it takes all the levels with it until finally it disappears and it's like a, a disc as opposed to a cup, right? So that was the example that we gave in El. So this whole thing disappears. So if the whole thing is disappearing, so how in the world is the world existing? And like we talked about, remember... Way back when is that there's an idea of pnimius and there's an idea of chitzonius. So the level of pnimius, the inner will, the inner desire, the inner expression, goes away. However, the outer aspect, right, that remains. That does not go up. Right? Then the worlds are receding their chitzonius. So the example that we gave, if you remember, um, I told you about 
the concept of like uh, back when I was in high school, when I was in you know back in the early days in the eighties, right, the early eighties, they used they came out with this new incredible machine, and it's called a telephone answering machine, recorder that you plug your telephone into it, and then after like three or four rings, all of a sudden this machine goes on and says, you know, basically uh, not home, please leave a message. Right, and then they, people would speak on it, and they would record. And it was a big chiddush of the day. I mean, for you guys, this is like, uh, you know, you were born with this idea, and every telephone has this, and you don't even listen to it anymore because we only text. But, but the point is that at the time, right, where we didn't have portable phones, that's the first thing. No one had portable phones, right? The only phone was in your house, and and you weren't always home, and therefore you got these messages. Then they came out with a new chiddush, like you're able actually to see the telephone number from who is calling you. That was like an unbelievable chiddish. That was a crazy thing. You know, that was like, wow, what, what in the world is that? But anyway, going back to our telephone recording machine. So I remember for my birthday once, my friends, they got together, they, they bought me this machine, right? Because in, in, when we were in school, right, we each had our, uh, we had our own little rooms in the dormitory and you would plug it in, the machine, and you plug in, you had a telephone cord and you had your own telephone line and that's the way it was. And so I had this. Now I had this machine, but at the time it wasn't like a machine that, like you could record your own voice. For example, saying, you know, I'm not home. Please leave a message or something like that. It was an electronic noise that maybe I don't know. Maybe you guys saw like when you watched a movie or something like that when you were younger or something. That it's like, please leave message after beep. It's a, it's a very metallic voice without any uh, intonation whatsoever in terms of the words. In other words, when I'm speaking now, I can say the word yes. I can say yes. I can say, right? Based on my intonation, right? You're going to understand what it is that I'm feeling. That's the way we speak. That's the way human beings communicate to each other. It's not so much necessarily the words as much as the feeling behind the words that we're picking up and we're understanding each other in a much more clear way and I can understand what's in your mind. But if you were to take that intonation out, even, you know, that's like one of the biggest chidushim, like when a person wants to write a, a book or wants to write a poem or something like that, how do you express emotion when it's on black and white on paper? So people write like, you know, big letters or people write with uh, exclamation marks or people try to bring out, you know, that uh, an adjective to explain something in, in such a way or they use a, a, an action uh, verb that, that is saying like he, you know, screamed out or he voiced or he voiced his opinion. You know, like when you say something like that, you sort of understand what it is, the emotions of the person who is about to speak. But that's one of the hardest things to do. How do I get across to someone on paper, for example, an emotion? When you read, a, let's say, if you read a book. So in those days, right, we had these machines and there was no emotion. It was a, or like when you went to the, in the subway, right? Watch out for, or, you know, in, in England, they had, used to be, even in the 90s when I lived in England, right? You say, mind the gap. Mind the gap, you know, that you shouldn't fall in between the, the, uh, the platform and the tube, you know, in, and, the, and the underground. Um, but it was like a very metallic, no emotion, mind the gap, mind the gap, mind the gap, you know, like that's what it So this is essentially Pizonius without Panemius. That's essentially what we're talking about here. Like you could have the words, but there's nothing there. There's nothing inside. So this is what happens on Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, the first night of Rosh Hashanah, the whole panemius, the whole rotsun, the whole tainug, the whole everything that you have in terms of your emotion, right? Hashem 
cause that to go away. But you are left with a structure. The structure is that there are words coming out that the world is being created. So that's what he says here. So now we're going to get into the idea of Shabbos. So we understand that on Shabbos also there's a similar concept that happens. Right? What's it? Because on Shabbos there's also this elevation of Malchus. However, on Shabbos it's the opposite way around. What happens on Shabbos is the chitzonius, the shell of the creation goes away. And what are you left with? The panemius. That's what Shabbos is, which is why we're so careful about doing malacha on Shabbos, right? Because when we're standing in front of the king, mamish, you have to behave in an appropriate way. That's basically the concept in a nutshell, in a very simple manner of what's going on here. What's going on is all of a sudden now we are experiencing a much more spiritual existence. Now, you and I probably are not necessarily experiencing it firsthand, but our neshamas for sure are experiencing it, right? Like it says that even if I don't see, my mazel sees, right? So there is a concept that I am experiencing this. And for sure, as you talk to people that are much, much more refined, or you hear about people, you know, like uh, that are tzaddikim or uh, very, very... Um, people that have worked on themselves tremendously, they will feel a difference. Right? There are differences that are going on. So even if I don't necessarily feel a difference between a Thursday and a Friday, right, it means there, that nevertheless there is a huge difference that's happening. And that's what he says here. And that's why we are so careful about what we do and what we say and what we, how, how we act on Shabbos. Because right now our whole energy source is coming from a much more refined place. And therefore, we have to be much more careful. And that's what he says. However, on Shabbos, the elevation is coming only from Chitzonius. Because really, on, on Shabbos, from the Pneumius, that's where the whole Chayas of the world is coming from. So you could ask the same question. As we said before, Rosh Hashanah. So how is it possible for Hashem to keep the world in existence on Shabbos? Since the level of Malchus, which is the idea of the mouth of Hashem, right? We say every day, every week in Pasach Eliyahu, right? On Friday afternoon we say Pasach Eliyahu, which is the introduction to the Tikkun Zayar, right? And Eliyahu Anavi is teaching Rabbi Shun Bar Yochai, and then we say it over. And one of the things it says is Malchus is what? What level? Anyone remember what the word is? Peh. It says it's the mouth, right? It goes through all the different spheres, right? It says chesed, draw yamina, gvurat, right, draw small, right? That, that, the idea of, right, that chesed is the right hand, gvurat is the left hand, right? The left arm, whatever. So he says, so mechinas pachus, oil alamayla, visham mevoyer. And over there it explains. That what's happening? So since the kalim are going up into a higher level, so therefore, all of a sudden, we're receiving much more. So there's a question, what exactly happens? So does the whole world also move up? We're going to get into this. Does everything move up, or does the upper worlds come down? Right? It's a very interesting question. 
But the point being that all of a sudden now, for Shabbos, everything changes. Everything changes. The whole world becomes a much more of a keli for Pneumius. The Yinik Siv Kisheshish Yamim, Asa Hashem, Asa Dafka. Like it says, for six days Hashem made action, Asiya. Namely, that all of a sudden we're getting our chayas from the garments of Asiya. However, on Shabbos, it takes a step back, right, from the level of the enclosement into the world of Asiya. And also, it doesn't enclose itself into Dibor, which is the Saras HaMaymaros, uh, right, which are the ten utterances which is created in the world. So how does it happen? Shebehem Nivraha Oilam, that with which the world was created. Bahainu Shabbos Kaviyachov Memadregas Ha'elu, namely that what's happening, we're resting. Shabbos means to rest. We're resting from these levels. Shebehem Hayahisabos Vibriyas Ha'elam, because that's what the world is being created from. This idea of resting from them is the idea of the elevation. That they're resting up above, going up above, back up into their root and their source. That's why it says the phrase from the Navi that we have to refrain, so to speak, from doing just whatever we feel like doing speaking whatever we want to speak, doing whatever we want to do. That's the basic. If you look at the beginning of Hilcha Shabbos in Alter Rebbe, right, it explains, or in Bechlal and Shulchan Aruch, right, it explains that the objective here is that we change our ways, that we have to change our ways, that we all of a sudden have to recognize that everything becomes different on Shabbos, right? Many people speak differently and they act differently, of course. Everything becomes different. Like, in other words, our speech on Shabbos should not be like our speech in the weekdays. That's the idea. Don't speak about business. Don't speak about regular things. Don't, right? it's, it's a different time. And therefore, that's what happens. Because since Hashem created us, so to speak, in the form of Hashem, that's why we have to rest on Shabbos. Because Hashem is resting. That's the idea. So what is he resting from? From the level of speech. Because Hashem created in six days. Through the ten utterances. And on the seventh day, he rested from them. Good. Clear? Ella, let's just read to the end of this little piece. Ella, he slabshus orensof lahavos, lilahachios. However, the enclosement of the orensof, in order to bring into existence and to give life, habruim of the creations, lilachadesh betuva ma'ayin liyesh, and to create everything from nothing to something, b'shabas, hu melchines hamachshava levada. Now we understand. Now it's coming from thought. Right? Now, Essentially, what we're going to see here, now let's just read one more line, then we'll, then we'll discuss them, then we'll stop for today. It says like this, V'kiyadua, D'bechol, on weekdays, Hamshachas achayis lamata, Hua yidei levushe asiyah b'chutz la'aretz, Chesvav laman mitz chutz la'aretz. Right, so what we have here is that during the regular weekdays, 
the highest is coming in in America, right in in Europe, wherever. It's all coming from action, from the garments of action. And in Eretz Yisrael, it comes from the world of Yitzira. But in both places, what happens is, is that the source for all the energy that's coming into the world is now coming from the world of Bria. Not from Masiya, not from Yitzira. That's why, Bichlal, you see, when you go, and most of us have all been to Eretz Yisrael. When you get to Eretz Yisrael, it's like you have a certain feeling. Then you stay there, especially if you stay there for a while, if you're there for you know, a couple of weeks, a month, a year, or something like that. Then you come to America. What happens very often is that people feel like it's just like something a little bit different. They, don't really, they can't put their finger on exactly what's going on, why they feel different. Like they all say, oh, I miss Eretz Yisrael. Oh, I miss it. You know what? They don't understand. Most people don't pick up on what it is that they're missing. Like, what is it? And the answer is because they've been receiving their chayas from the world of Yitzira for the last week, two weeks, eight months, whatever it is that you're there. That's what's going on. And so all of a sudden when your body drops back down here into New York and you're receiving your chayas from the world of Asiya, it feels different. It's like a different energy source. You don't even realize what it is that you're missing, but you feel like, uh, I'm missing, what are you missing? You're missing the rocks? No, you're not missing the rocks. Are you missing the trees? No, you're not missing the people there? Okay, you're missing the people in, in Canada also, but it's different. That's what your neshama is picking up on. But now you could see also why the world is different in Shabbos also. Shabbos, all of a sudden, what happens is that we're all receiving our energy from the world of Bria. So when you're when you're, uh, you know, more and more involved in your own avoida and you're and, and working on yourself, so then you could start to pick up on that. You could start to feel different. And many people I've seen in, in yeshiva, as they spend more time in the yeshiva and they work on themselves and whatever, they start to feel different on Shabbos. It, like Shabbos is like a different. It's not just uh, oh the next day of the week, and it's not just because I'm not driving to the car and I'm not using my telephone. It's something different. And in a certain way, the distinction is even greater if you're in New York or America. Why? Because now you're going from Asiya all the way up to Bria. In Israel, you're going from Yitzira to Bria. So it's not as big of a jump. But then on Motzei Shabbos, when you come flying back down or whatever, boom, and you hit the rock ground, you know, it's also you feel a big difference. So Sunday morning is always, oh, you know, it's like... Uh, no matter how, no matter who it is, you know, no matter how many how many slices of pizza you eat on Motzei Shabbos Sunday morning, or maybe because of how many slices of pizza you eat on Motzei Shabbos, the bottom line is that it's different. It's like a different feeling, and most people, the the thing is, is that you're not you don't realize what it is that's different. You can't necessarily pick up on it because we're not such elevated people. Like you know, we're not on the holding on the level of a Bainini or a tzaddik or something like that that we would know what it is. But there is a difference. And that's what he's saying here. So what happens is that we have to realize that all these shifts are going on during the week and during Shabbos. So now we have to go from there. Yeah, Shalom. You had a question? Yeah, like what's the tangible difference between like if your chayas is from uh, Yitzhira or Asiya? Well, think about your telephone. You know, like sometimes your telephone is plugged into this thing and you plug it in and you look on your telephone and it says, oh, it's going to take 12 hours. (laughs) <laughs> for it to get pulled up. And then you put it into another plug and it's like, oh, within 45 minutes it'll be done. So that's mitzad, the union of, of quantity. But also there's an union of quality. That there's, it's just a more refined energy. Like you're, you know, it's like almost like you're looking through, um, what's, a, what's a good example for this? Um, it's like you're looking at 
at uh, most people have gone to Costco and like in front of Costco they have like these high definition television sets you know where they show like all of a sudden like this underwater you know coral reef and you like mamas feel like you're like in the in the coral reef I mean it's like so clear and so vivid it's the colors are uh, you know unimaginable right and then you have you know you're right you know I remember in the olden days we used to you know, we used to have black and white televisions. You know, if you can imagine, there was such a time. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a funny joke. It shouldn't be on the, on the recording, but like growing up in Chicago, you know that you know. So I was very into uh, I was very into hockey, and uh, you know, you know, this is one of those things. And so the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, they didn't, in those days they didn't they only had games. They would only televise games of when they were away, the away team. You know, when they're at home, they want you to go and buy tickets and go to the game, right? So they didn't have any t- games. So the, so I would watch the games on TV, right? And and for years, I always thought that the Chicago Blackhawks away jersey was black because it wasn't a color TV. It's really red. But for all these years, you know, so this is this is like... This is the idea. You know, I remember that it used to crackle the television sets and there would be like fuzz on the television. And you have to whack it a little bit, you know, change the antenna a little bit, you know. So this is, this is basically a great example of, if you can imagine, I mean, you guys, it's hard for you to even con- conceive of such a notion. But, you know, imagine like watching a television set. And you shouldn't watch television, of course, but a television set that's like black and white and like has all this like snow on it, we used to call it, and fuzz on it. And, you know, and like, you know, the, you have to move the antenna compared to like all of a sudden you walk into Costco and these high definition television sets where you like, mommies feel like you're, you're about to get wet from the water, you know, being next to this coral reef. So not only is it quantity, but it's quality. It's a, just a difference. The problem is that we have a Nefesh Bahamias and we have a goof. And the more we give into our Nefesh Bahamias and our goof, it's like the more uh, uh, unrefined that we become and that we are. And so therefore, therefore, it's like we're not able to pick up the energy but even though we might not be able to feel it our souls feel it and it does send us down signals right so sometimes our signals are more clear if we become more refined then it becomes more clear if we are less refined then it becomes less clear it's one of the inyanim of you know right the story of um of shmuel Munkis, right everyone knows that famous story where he threw right where he was a uh, younger chassid at the time and he was serving the he was serving the um the fabrengen Right, and he had the lung, and he was dancing around with it. You know, you know the story, right? And he wound up throwing it into the garbage, and everyone got upset with him. And then what happened was that you know it turns out the butcher comes running in, don't eat the lung, it's not kosher. And then they were like, "What is this? You have you know ruach hakaidish here? You know what are you a tzaddik?" And of course, and the, the point was he didn't have ruach hakaidish, but what he did have was over because he worked on himself to do iskafia, like he would just not give in to his nefesh bahamis. Right, so he developed a certain refinement that he was able to pick up that there was something wrong here. There's something wrong with. Um, go in, go in, go in. Yeah, now Ravinsky is uh, across the hall. Um, a certain refinement that all of a sudden you start to pick up on things. So he had developed in himself that refinement because he worked on himself, as he said, like for two years. After the first meeting with Al Rebbe, like, whatever he wanted, he just didn't do. Right, so he would just always control himself. Now it doesn't mean that he didn't eat; he just wants to eat. But it could mean that maybe he'll have only, you know, 
three French fries instead of four. I don't know if he ate French fries. But he definitely didn't have the ketchup with the French fries. You know, but the point being that, may probably had mustard. Yeah. But the point being that we all have that capability. You know, a lot of the things that we're afraid of in Hasidis, like we're afraid to, you know, put ourselves into it in a certain way because it's like overwhelming or it's intense or, you know. I don't know why. Lubavitch is, is like very into that word intense. I don't, I don't remember anyone really using that word 20 years ago or 15 years now. That's all I hear from my kids and from the Bachar. Oh, it's so intense, you know. Like, okay, what, what's so intense about it, you know? <laughs> Not, I don't know if we're using the word in the right way, but that's the word. Um, but anyway, but really, if a person would put himself into it, he'd start to like feel these things much more. And like all of a sudden, it opens up this whole new world to him. Like of like much, you know, like a lot of the things that he's really is was is looking for in the first place. Like all of a sudden Shabbos becomes like a different experience because he starts to experience what Shabbos really is, which is exactly what we're saying here in the Mimer. It's like all of a sudden he starts to pick up on the spiritual energy of Shabbos and it's like, you know, you want to have a good time, you want to have pleasure, that's the source, of, that's where the pleasure is, you know what I mean? Not in these, uh, you know, in another, you know, four or five french fries with, with ketchup on it, with the, uh, you know, spicy uh, whatever. That's not where it is. Uh, anyway, okay. So let's hold here. Please spend the time going over this. Like I said, for anyone that wasn't here in the beginning of class, we're going to be doing this book. Right? You can't see it? <laughs> okay, lift up the book. Uh, so please, when you go into New York today, um, please make sure you, uh, make sure you buy it.